Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast, and another episode of Letterboxd Recap, where we go through the movies we've been watching, as well as rating the Letterboxd Top 4 of 5 listeners. James, how has your been? How's your week of movie watching been? It's been great. I'm all over the place. Got a couple of spooky movies in there for October, of course, and a couple new releases as well. And just so y'all know, episodes this week, we did Blade Runner 2049 on Wednesday. You don't want to miss that episode. It was such a banger. Oh, yeah. Big big time. We had so much fun doing that. Just wanted to... It was two and a half hours. Yeah, I just wanted to drop that because it was a big one for us. But yeah, I had a great time watching five movies this week. I'm sure you... Maybe double digits like usual or low, not. Low end today. Uh, nine movies only watched Only nine week. movies. Only nine. Anthony only yeah. watched nine movies, everybody. What's Sorry, the world everyone. coming to? Sorry, everyone. Were you busy doing other things? Yes. Lots of editing. <laughs> Sorry. I know I disappointed everyone. But I did watch three in one day, though. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. Now, how about we'll start off with our first watches each of the week, and then we'll rate four, five fans letterboxed, and then we'll get to the rest of our watches. Sounds like a wonderful idea and strategy. Thanks, man. I'm looking for, I can't wait. It's the strategy that we've been doing for a while. <laughs> All right. First up, I'll go first. I watched El Conde, which is Pablo Lorraine's new film. It's about a vampire. It's a really cool vampire film shot in black and white. And it's Lorraine took past uh, world leaders and turned them into vampires. And so we follow Pinochet, uh, Pinochet, uh, Spanish-speaking um, world leader. And in this film, he is a vampire, and he has been a vampire for a very long time. And so he's both sucking blood and making uh, world-altering changes to the fabric of like society and politics. And Chile, specifically. Yeah. But also, uh, I want to watch it. I read a little bit more about it, but just taking a dictator like that and making him a vampire is just a great metaphor and analogy. And also, this vampire who finally wants to die, right? Yes, he's preparing himself for death, but it doesn't go quite as he planned. It's a little more complicated than that. I got to check it out. It's really beautifully filmed and well acted. And it's for a vampire movie. I've never seen anything like it before. Yeah, I saw the a couple trailers. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. And Margaret Netflix. Thatcher's a vampire in it, too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they got everybody up in there. <laughs> Who was the president at that time? Of America? So was it Truman? Well, he the film shows different periods. At that time, where when Thatcher was, was prime minister, fucking I think it was Truman. Reagan? No, it was earlier than that, man. Margaret Thatcher's not that old. She was the Iron Lady. She's... Let me see. Well, actually, no. We, we can, we're not history buffs. Yeah. We like history, but I don't know it that well. Actually, yeah, I don't know. Who was president... When Margaret Thatcher was PM. Let's find out. Let's find out. Let's find out. It was Reagan. Oh, yeah. Oh, good, nice. Good call. I know my history a little bit. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Take that, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. And Jimmy Carter. Because she was PM for 11 years. Wow. A long fucking so time. So three presidents. So Jimmy Carter, <laughs> Ronald Reagan, and some other schmuck. Fucking, <laughs> fucking new Reagan. Some other guy. New Reagan was in there. <laughs> Um, all right, my first watch of the week was probably oh George Bush Sr. My first watch was the same as your next one, probably, I'm assuming, was The Creator. Finally went and saw this Gareth Edwards sci-fi blockbuster original film. Really excellent visuals. I mean, what he comes up with with his production design team as well as his concept artists are 
essential to his aesthetic. And we saw a Q&A with him as well. Uh, a month ago, we got a sneak peek, but we finally got to see the full thing. And during the Q&A, he was talking about how, especially with this, when he gets an idea, he's going first to his concept artist. Can you create some concepts for me, some art, some some designs, and then I'm kind of going to build a world off of that. So He basically hired them to pitch it. Yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah. So they created created a bunch of great concept arts, similar to so many sci-fi films in the past, obviously. I mean, it's how Star Wars got, got made as well and funded. Not saying that the creator of Star Argo Wars. Argo got made. Yeah, Argo, <laughs> fuck yourself. But, <laughs> yeah, Argo, in real life, the fake movie got made from concept arts in a reading. But I, I, I enjoyed this movie. However, it's it's got some some things that I have issues with. And it's okay, you can be harsh. Everyone, no, I think, I think with the creator, it. a lot of people are afraid to be somewhat critical of it because of their love for Rogue One, which I understand. And Gareth Edwards, he's a really great director, and I, I think he's got such great directing chops when it comes to the visuals and the aesthetic of his movies. But there are some things with the film in terms of character decisions that left me scratching my head that made not, all the not, a, ton of, not yeah. a ton of sense. So I think the script was weak. However, Not weak, but there are weak parts to the script. Overall, though, I like the concept so much. The, the, the idea of AI and humanity going against each other. Maybe not make AI so innocent and empathetic, especially in our current world. Yeah. But I think they shot a shot, and I love original science fiction films, and I think it's an important movie for people to go see, and I'm happy I paid and went to see it. What was your star rating? I gave it three and a half. So I also I, I gave it I gave it three and a half as well, and I wrote... One second as I pull it up. Pull it up, man. Pull it up. Visually stunning and extremely well-crafted, this is a solid sci-fi film with some really interesting ideas and engaging imagery. However, a pretty weak story and odd character motivations and a ton of plot holes keep the film from truly soaring to its potential. We're going to do a Patreon bonus review on the creator on Saturday, so keep an eye out for that. We'll explain in, in great detail our views of the film. I agree with everything you've said, and then I have some other things to say about it, but I'll save it for Saturday. Exactly. But yeah. there's a lot of great things to talk about, so I'm looking forward to that bonus episode on Patreon only. All right, let's get into the top four of five listeners. Now, again, if you would like to get your top four rated on our weekly episode, all you got to do is screenshot your top four and DM it to us on Instagram. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. First up, first? we got Nick Martin. Nick! Actually, an executive producer of Midnight Ruin. Which is dropping on Thursday on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention. Midnight Ruin, the short film, is dropping on Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific time, on our YouTube channel. We're going to post some trailers this uh, for the upcoming week ahead, and some photos and behind-the-scenes stuff to just, like, promote it. And we hope that everybody tuning in gives it a little time to watch and then even rate it on Letterboxd and IMDb. That would yeah. be great. It's only 18 minutes. It's a yeah. quick watch. Yeah, it's 18 minutes. Um, we're very excited to finally share it with the world. Now, Nick Martin, an executive producer on Midnight Ruin, gave us his top four. And this is just straight bangers, honestly. <laughs> we got Jaws. That's right. 2001. Oh, yeah. Best movie ever made. Eyes Wide Shut. My guy. And great choice here. The Deer Hunter. Heck yeah. The Deer Hunter number one. I love that. Yeah, Deer Hunter is an amazing movie. What a picnic. Yeah. What a picnic. What a picnic. What a picnic. What a buffet. What a picnic. <laughs> what a picnic. <laughs> what a cornucopia of films. <laughs> I love that for number one. That's our first Deer Hunter, I think. Well, Jaws is number one. Oh, which one? Well, Jaws is the first one. Oh, I thought you were going four to one. No, I just go from the left to right. Sorry, I thought you were going four to one. Well, you were mistaken. Well, anyways, having the Deer Hunter is great. And Nick has recently watched 
the boogeyman, the machine, the elephant man, which he gave five stars and I agree with, and then the thing, which he gave five stars and obviously agree with. Yes. Excellent stuff, Nick. Man, you've been on fire watching movies. Great taste. Next up, we got Jared Weiss. <laughs> His bio says, Letterboxd happily takes up most of my day. <laughs> He's got Shawshank. You probably enjoyed our episode on it, Jared. Forrest Gump. <laughs> I've seen a trend. Have we done Forrest Gump? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. That was the a trend good is 1994. That was a good episode. Then, John, uh, Django. And then... What's the best Star Wars movie, Jim? Empire Strikes Back. That's right, baby. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> what a list. Love it. I love that Django's in there. Yeah, I like that. That's your favorite uh, Tarantino movie. Excellent pick. All right, next up, we got Jeffrey Veliz Morales. And he's got a bear waving at you in, the, in his profile photo. <laughs> it's just a bear wave. Like a stuffed animal bear? No, like a real bear. Like a real bear. <laughs> See? It's amazing. It's great. <laughs> it's literally me. <laughs> All right, first up, Jeff has, Jeffrey has, Interstellar. Mm -hmm. Then we got Whiplash, Nightcrawler. Oh, yeah. And then the family classic, The Lion King. (laughs) Probably Disney's best animated film. Amazing list. This is an excellent list. So many great films from the 21st century then popping in The Lion King from 94. You know what I'm so glad? I'm so glad that Nightcrawler found an audience... Why are you saying crawler weird? Nightcrawler. You're saying like nightcrawler. 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 I think I'm combining it with a prowler. Yeah. Night, nightcrawler. 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 It's an awesome movie. Bow, That's a good score. Yeah. It's Thomas cool. Newman. It's cool music. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Zachary Vague. I solemnly swear. That I'm up to no good. <laughs> Zachary's bio. We have. There better be a Harry Potter movie on here. Um, Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> About that. <laughs> <laughs> it would be funny if the bio was number one Harry Potter fan. <laughs> no favorites. <laughs> First up, we got Across the Spider-Verse. Nice. Then we got Blade Runner 2049. Let's go, Zachary. Now, Zachary doesn't have any Harry Potter movies, but he does have Dune. <laughs> that makes up for it. James is happy now. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. There it is. What a list. Wonderful. What a list. And Zachary watched Across the Spider-Verse three times in a row. Wow. It must have been one. Of, this is an old photo, so it must have been when it when came out. it came out, out yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> some, like... I got these DMs like two months ago. Yeah, we have a long list. July 4th. So yeah, this is just a huge list. Now, our final top four of today is from Jay Dang, all the way in Australia. <laughs> Australia. 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 I said it with the uh, Australian accent. <laughs> Jay will be the judge of that. <laughs> Australia. Hey, Jay. Here's Jay's uh, picks. He's got Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Number one, you're doing Kiwi now. I like it. It's the closest I could do. Yeah. Then we got uh, Inception. Inception's a good one. So you're, you're New Zealand's better than Australian. <laughs> you're just doing Flight of the Concords. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you buy a kebab? Then number three, we got a uh, Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. And then, oh, this is a good one. We got Tony Scott's Unstoppable. I love this list. Great job, mate. I love it. Jay, Jay excellent, excellent work. 
everybody, thanks for sending those in. We appreciate everyone who sends the letterboxed recent or four favorites in if you want to it's called the letterbox top four top Jim. four if you want Jesus. us to do yours just screenshot your letterboxed and dm us on instagram and we'll add it to the list thanks for sending in your your letterbox you know movies favorite picks it takes us three months to get to them because <laughs> there's a lot to get to but <laughs> i'm sorry I i'm gonna help. throw I my help it. i'm gonna throw my phone off your face mm-hmm. go ahead all right I, Anthony, I, i'm gonna dodge it and it's gonna break off the wall you couldn't dodge a stick. <laughs> what? That'd be the easiest thing to dodge. You named like the easiest object to dodge. Exactly. <laughs> you couldn't dodge it. <laughs> All right, let's get to the watches. Anthony probably has to do seven in a row. I'll do two. Do two in a row. I'll do two. All right. Well, you already crossed off the creator because I did. Yes, it. yes. Next up, I watched Gaslight, which is a film from 1944, directed by George Cukor. Now, this is, uh, I believe, where the term gaslighting came from, from this film. I've been meaning to watch it for a long time, and then Criterion added it. I gave it four and a half stars, and I wrote, and I wrote Ingrid Bergman is one of the all-time great actors, and she absolutely shines in this riveting mystery. So this film, it's a great noir from the 40s about this woman who marries a man she recently met on holiday in Italy, and he's gaslighting her about all these things that she's beginning to believe she has wrong with her because he just keeps gaslighting her uh, about these issues. And we've slowly learned that he's manipulating her for his own benefit because he wants to get something out of the marriage. Uh, He's a very nefarious character. It's really well done. It's beautifully shot, but extremely well acted. It's an awesome movie. I loved it. Gonna check it out. Yeah, it's really great. Gaslight. With Kizik Can's free shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com socks. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Then we have, I started my spooky season on October 1st, and I wrote, and I watched Interview with the Vampire, the Vampire Chronicles. I haven't seen it in a while. Four stars, and I wrote, one of the first large-scale vampire films is also one of the best. Mature, meditative, and engrossing, with excellent performances from Cruz, Dunst, and Pitt. This is always a great watch, seeing vampires shown in such epic and grand fashion. I really love this movie. and It's, I think, top five vampire movie. It's so well-crafted. It's massive in its scope. Beautiful, huge sets uh, and interiors. Amazing costuming. These are things you don't really often see in vampire movies. It's pretty rare. And it's just, I love the scale of it. Um, but Tom Cruise, holy crap, that guy. He's just so great as Lestat. And I, I did some research about Anne Rice, the writer, and she, at first was against Tom Cruise playing the role. And she's like, Tom Cruise can't be Lestat. That's not how I wrote him. And then after she saw the film, 
she loved it so much that she called Tom Cruise to apologize for like going in the press and um act in speaking out against his casting because he is that good that so good that the writer ended up loving his performance. And Kirsten Dunst is amazing in this very early role in her career. And Brad Pitt is a solid lead. It's got some great gore, great horror, excellent score. Um, just all around an amazing production. I mean, Tom's an excellent actor. I feel like a lot of people don't realize it, maybe because they haven't seen the right movies of his. But, you know, this came out the same year as Boogie Nights. I mean, um, as Magnolia. And he got no. the Oscar. What was Magnolia, 99? Magnolia was 2001. Oh, I'm sorry. This is two, this is 1994. Oh, it's 1994. This is this is an old movie. That's right. Anyways, because he got an Oscar nom for Magnolia. Yes, and that was in 2000. Yes, he also got an Oscar nom for Born on the Fourth of July. He's the, great the in that Oliver movie. Stone movie. He is great in Born on the Fourth of July. It, that might be his best performance. But it's he's up. great. He's fantastic in this movie. I, lo- I love. I it. recommend it. It's it's yeah. a really good vampire movie. I it like is. it. It is. And it's pretty dark and disturbing too. It gets pretty gory. It's got a great ending, too. All right. My first spooky season watch of October was Ridley Scott's Alien. Nice. Five stars, obviously. My review. You still don't understand what you're dealing with, do you? The perfect movie. Its (laughs) structural perfection is matched only by its hostility. Ridley's a master. And this was, at the time, such a game-changing film in science fiction, in cinema, along with later, three years later, Blade Runner, what he did in a three-year span is insane. But Aliens special. The production design of this movie is sensational. These sets are huge, and they're so detailed. Massive hallways of these, of, of the strip of the Nostromo, and structures, these huge rooms. The, the production design is incredible, as well as the miniature work is sensational. And when it comes to a space movie entering atmosphere, landing, the, the issues that happen. This is the best one and one of the OGs to ever do stuff like that. Now every movie we yeah. see is like always the same thing, the same problems when the ship's coming into atmosphere, except for I would say Interstellar changed it up quite a bit. But it's always the same, but Ridley kind of did it first, and he was one of the OGs at doing this. I'm trying to think, um, was there a film before this where a ship landed? Like I'm a, sure, Like yeah. a spaceship landed? Yeah, absolutely. Like this, but, but not like, this quality. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Not this scope and quality of when cinema was really taking, was transforming in the 1970s. And Ripley, Ellen Ripley is one of my favorite movie characters of all time. The cast is perfect. The Xenomorph is an excellent, excellent movie monster. One of the best ever. Yeah. But then it's not even the antagonist, though. It's it's uh, uh, Wayland Utani, the corporation's the antagonist in this movie, which is so fascinating. And the entire franchise, you know, they're the real villains of the Alien franchise. The, the corporations, Xeno- man. Corporations, man. <laughs> the Xenomorph's just a victim, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for movie monsters, Jaws, Xenomorph. I mean, what else can what else is up there? Those two are just the kings. There's there's some other ones up there. I'm trying to think of like, is there a movie monster that compares with either? I mean, the Dracula thing. and the thing. Dracula's pretty up there. Yeah, Dracula's great. Yeah, Dracula's in a bunch yeah. of movies, but like, he's an awesome movie monster. Yeah. But I love Alien so so much. One of my all time favorite movies. It's in my top five, and it's the first time I watched it on my projector. And I've never actually seen this movie in a cinema. And this is the closest thing that for me, I can get to without going to the theaters is the projector with like a good sound system. And it was almost, it was kind of like watching it for the first time because when you have such a big screen and such great sound 
in like a home experience, you really see things differently. Just like when you go see an old movie that you've seen a hundred times, seeing it in a theater for the first time, you see everything completely differently. And I picked up on a bunch of things that I've never really noticed before. And I was like, oh, I wish I could go back and we could do that episode over again on Alien versus Aliens. But I want to talk about this movie again very soon. I adore this movie so much. It's a great horror movie. It's the best, man. It's Alien. I I know what you mean because I watched it on my t- on my TV, I think two months ago. And there's a couple uh, there's a couple of things I had, hadn't noticed before, and I've seen it like probably close to twenty times. I'm but I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I remember thinking like, oh shit, I never noticed that little thing. I never noticed that what I saw on my on my big on my uh, projector was when Ripley think obviously spoilers if you've never seen alien but it's from 1979 so i'm gonna spoil it when ripley's on the shuttle and she thinks she's escaped the xenomorph and she got away and the nostroma blew up four times which excessive explosions but it's great <laughs> i think i think you got it but uh, <laughs> no it's awesome and epic and then she thinks she's safe and she obviously strips down to her tank top and her underwear and she's leaning over a desk and everyone like criticizes that shot where she's just in her underwear leaning over. I never noticed that the alien, the xenomorph's head is right there on the shelf mm-hmm. to her left of her. On the left to the left of Ripley, his head is right there, or the xenomorph's head's right there. I never noticed it was there, but I was watching, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like uh <laughs> Leo in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Up <laughs> oh, here I am, here I am. <laughs> I was like, that's his head. I'd never noticed that before. I've seen this movie like 25 times. <laughs> So, I, like things like that, I picked up on by watching on such a big screen. Mm-hmm. Plus, the the scares work better on the big screen. Everything, too. man. Yeah, it's a perfect movie. It, it is. really is. It is. All right, man. It's hard to follow that up, <laughs> but I'll follow it up with another. Oh, uh, this is uh, called Railroad from 1846, <laughs> way before cameras were invented. <laughs> Uh, someone went back in time and made a movie about a man who just sweeps railroads for a living. <laughs> that would have been gripping. The cinematography is superb. <laughs> you act like I'm the guy in the fighter when they're walking to the theater and he's talking about the cinematography. The cinematography is supposed to be incredible. <laughs> what are we doing in Richie Rich and Lexington? Lexington. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally, when you do that voice, that's what I think of. It's my new my new joke for you is the the ultimate film pretentious snob. filmmaker, <laughs> the pretentious film snob. Even though you're not that pretentious, it's just fun. <laughs> I try not to be pretentious. Yeah, you're not pretentious. It's, it's yeah, it's just your your personality when I make fun yeah. of you. Thanks. It's okay. <laughs> make fun of me all you want, man. That's what brothers are for. <laughs> I was gonna else. say, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm following up Alien. A five-star horror movie with another five-star horror movie. (laughs) I watched The Fly, David Cronenberg's film. Five stars, whoa. Fuck yeah, man. (laughs) Have you seen my letterbox? (laughs) Everything's five stars. You're Oprah on letterbox. Here's five stars for you. Five stars for you. Five stars for you. Five stars for you. Look under your seat. Five stars for you. I do give a lot of five stars, but... I do watch fucking awesome movies pretty much only. <laughs> <laughs> so that, in my defense, I do watch, I generally watch great movies. See, here's the pretentious film snob. I only watch great movies. Hey, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm not watching like, I don't know, whatever the new, you're going you're gonna to piss somebody off, say it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not watching The Exorcist Believer. I'm, I'm going to watch something awesome instead. See, that's the thing is like, I'm not going to 
watch like I'd rather watch The Exorcist than watch The Exorcist Believer. Evil reigns evil, tonight. Evil, evil possesses dies. tonight. Evil possesses tonight. Uh, Pugo was. <laughs> Pazuzu dies tonight. Pazuzu dies tonight. Anyone confused? The guy who made the new Halloween Kills and Ends made Exorcist Believer. Yeah, I will not be lining in for the theater. William Friedkin was not happy to hear about it, by the way. Nope. So I gave this a fly five stars, and I wrote Perfect Horror with the uh, Italian hand gesture. This movie is just. It's so good. It's perfectly well, perfectly directed. Um, I would say it's Jeff Goldblum's best performance. Uh, Gina, uh, Gina Davis is amazing as well. This was like, she was killing it this time in her career. Uh, but Cronenberg is one of my favorite American directors. I've been watching a lot of his films lately, but I got into his films w- when I was in my 20s. He's a, a filmmaker that taught me a lot. Um, the script is perfect. It's just every beat works. The story meshes together beautifully. Um but it's a experiment gone wrong. So there's a lot of tragedy to it. It's, it ends up being a very sad movie, which is kind of rare for a horror film to make you feel the tragic, um, the tragedy of the moment of the story, uh, because it is about a man who, a brilliant guy who created something incredible, and a freak accident turned it as like made it as bad as it could be. Like it, it couldn't have gone any worse than how it happened, unfortunately. And you feel for him by the end of the film, especially. Um, at the very end when he's asking um, to be killed. So it's it's got the tragedy that you don't often see in horror films that makes it, I think, very unique. But on top of that, the prosthetics and gore is some of the best of all time. It still holds up. And it's one of those movies where it's it makes your stomach turn, how disturbing it is, but you can't look away. And you know it's going to happen, especially if you watched it before, but you still just are waiting for things to start going down. And it's it's just, it's also kind of like, in a way, it's like an anti-hero, superhero movie, in a way. When you think of all these movies where, or, or characters where their powers are, come from, you know, being blended with another creature, Spider-Man. Or, or an experiment gone wrong. Or an experiment wrong. gone wrong, exactly. But you see, this is probably the more realistic version of that, which I find really interesting. It's, it takes away... The superhero aspect and the the just like the fantastical aspect and it takes it down to nitty gritty science of this is not supposed to be in nature. <laughs> this is not nature, and so it's gonna be destruct. It's gonna be destructive. I'm pretty sure there are comic versions of Spider-Man where he's got like eight legs. And I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know more accurate. Like he was. I know some of our <laughs> listeners know Spider-Man comics. So I'm sure they know what you're talking about. But uh, I really love the fly. I think it's really fantastic. Five stars. Look at you. Are you doing another one, or is it my turn? How many do you have left? I have one, two, three left. Oh, you go then. All right, I'll go. Because I got four left. Oh, that's perfect, man. That's that's really perfect stuff. My next... Actually, no, I only have two left. I lied. All right, I'll go again. No, no, I'll go. No, 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 no. no. You, you well, got your chance. One of ours is the same. Yes. So I'll, I'll go. Okay. And you can cross off your list. Cool. So, because we're doing an episode on horror hotties next week we're doing pearl jennifer's body and ready or not we both watched jennifer's body oh yeah i gave this four stars and my review is hottest kiss in the history of cinema <laughs> facts and <laughs> i freaking love this movie i hadn't seen it since it came out back in 2009 and i'm shocked at how low the ratings are on rotten tomatoes it's rotten in every category on audience and critic 
5.4. Not just rotten, but very low. 35% audience, yeah. 43 critic, 5.4 IMDb. I was shocked because this movie's excellent. It's a great spooky season movie, awesome concept. A girl who these people, this, this band's trying to sacrifice a virgin to get success for their indie rock band. They don't realize that she's not a virgin. It backfires on her where she comes back to life, possessed by a demon becoming a succubus. They get world fame temporarily. And then it's about this girl, the most popular girl at school, just starts eating boys. And her best friend, played by Amanda Seyfried, who's excellent in every movie she's ever been in, has to try to stop her. It's it's so funny. Diablo Cody wrote this. She wrote Juno, Oscar winner for that. It's original. It's fun. It's not super scary, but it's got great gore, great horror elements, and it flips so many great dynamics on its head, like the power dynamics between men and women, where now the men are afraid. They're going out at night with pepper spray, and it shows that guys will do anything to get laid. They will go inside of an abandoned building that's full of power tools and, and tape. and, and <laughs> They'll do anything. They'll do anything. and they'll Put do- them in any kind of crazy situation as long as they think they're getting laid. Yeah. They'll be like, whatever. And like, even though it's the most messed up scenario and you're going to get murdered, you'd still be like, all right, I mean, I might get laid, right, though? So it's really funny how it just shows like, how silly men are when they think they're about to have sex. They will like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, yeah, I'll do that. It's They'll fine. look past anything, yeah, 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 any yeah, kind yeah. of warning signs. There's no such thing as a red flag for a man. <laughs> if he thinks he's going to have sex. <laughs> it's a fact. Red flags do not exist for us. Like you could. You could... <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. There could be like a dead body in a girl's bedroom. And you'd be like, we're going to talk about that dead body <laughs> in like five minutes. We're, we're going to like have sex though, right? Who am I kidding? Two minutes, we're going to talk about that dead body. <laughs> but it's, it's just sharp script. It's witty. It's hilarious. So many one-liners. I freaking loved it. What'd you give it for a rating? Four. I also gave it four stars and I wrote, this movie is bloody good fun. Devil smile emoji. It's really fantastic. For all <laughs> things you said. Devil smile emoji. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's uh, we talked about it in detail in our upcoming episode, so I don't want to spoil that. But I had I had an absolute blast revisiting this film, and I like it a lot more than I thought I did. Used to, I recommend watching it for spooky season. It's perfect. Absolutely, yeah, it's a great movie. <clears throat> All right, next up, you know, it's spooky season. You gotta watch a Sam Raimi movie, right? There's one I hadn't seen for a while. Can I guess? Yes. Drag me to hell. Yes. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. I gave it four stars and I wrote gory, funny, scary, and gross as hell. This is Sam Raimi having fun. The film also has one of the best endings facts of all time. Yes. I've seen this movie maybe five times, five and or Anthony's six times. Anthony's seen a lot of movies. I've, I've watched this all the time growing up. <laughs> was, Anthony had this on VHS <laughs> yeah, when I was a kid <laughs> before it came out in 2012. <laughs> but holy crap, like this ending, I know the ending. I've seen it several times. Every time I watch it, and again, this happened to me the other night, I watched it, it gives me goosebumps how good it is. Like, how strongly this film finishes and how powerful the closing seconds are. It's just like, it blows my fucking mind how perfect it is. And it relates so well to the first act. And it's the fucking title. It's amazing. So, if you haven't seen it, spoilers. Spoil it right now. Definitely watch it. Add it to your watch list. Now, the film... It's not perfect, but it's just a good time. It's not like the greatest film ever made. The CGI doesn't always hold up, but that's not the point. Sam Raimi's just trying to gross you out. He's trying to scare you. He's trying to make you laugh. He's trying to show you something different, and he accomplished all those feats 
while showing some really cool like demonology lore and mythological lore that I'm always a fan of when films investigate that kind of stuff. And I just I love this movie. It's got a great score as well. And man, I mean that ending, man, holy shit, it's so good. Because he teases it in the first shot in the first scene where we see someone getting dragged to hell, but we don't actually see it. We see the shadow of it. And then we actually see it at the end. And it really is, I think, honestly, top five movie endings of all time. Drag me to hell. It's incredible. It's un it's unbelievable how good it is. I love it. I love that movie. Fucking four stars, baby. <laughs> all right, what was your how many you got left? I got two left. I have one left, so you do one more and I'll do one, then you do one. Next up, I watched a movie that I've been wanting to watch and I just never did. It's called Jacob's Ladder. And this is starring Tim Roth. I mean, Tim Robbins. It came out in 1990. Now, I remember I've seen the poster a thousand times. Um, is this the one where there's a shot of him in, in a tub? Yes. Okay. Now, I gave this film four and a half stars and wrote absolutely incredible mind-bending horror thriller. Highly recommend. Highly, highly, highly recommend. This is a mindfuck of a movie. It's an incredible screenplay, really well directed. Tim Robbins, one of his best performances. It's just like it's a it just plays with reality. And you're like you, you it gets to the point where you don't know what's real because Tim Robbins plays a Vietnam vet who's getting over the death of his child while also suffering through post-traumatic stress, but he's suffering through crazy delusions and an inability to understand what's real and what's not real. And the audience is put on that train too, because it gets like this movie. You're you're like even you are like oh, shit. What is real? I can't. I don't know what's fake and what's real and what's delusion and what's reality. It's so well done, beat for beat. Excellent, excellent job by the whole crew, and the screenplay is just unbelievable. I was, I was I, after it was over. I was mad at myself for not having watched it before. That's how good it is. All right, I have to add it to my watch Honestly, list ASAP. If, then. if anybody, nobody. If you haven't seen Jacob's Ladder, you guys get to add it to your watch list right now. It's so goddamn good. Oh, my, It's got a 3.8 on Letterboxd, which is very good, and a 7.5 on IMDb. Man, I loved it. I loved it. I'm, I've been thinking about it all week. All right. Going to watch that ASAP. All right. My final watch of the week was another spooky movie, The Crow. This came out all the way back in 1994. Three and a half stars. This is my review. God, I missed the 90s. The movie is so close to being great. It's stylish as hell, and Brandon Lee was a star in the making, but the directing loses focus at times, and it can get a bit corny. Perfect watch for October, though. And I, I, the style's awesome. It's there. It's unique. It's got its own look, and the visuals are awesome. And overall, the directing's really good for the most part, but there are sequences where it just is off, and it's not quite as consistent and the tone isn't consistent. At times, it wants to be a great horror action movie, but then at other times, it feels almost like a soap opera with cheesy, some of the, yeah. the drama, and yeah, it gets a little cheesy here and there. Some of the dialogue is just like, eh, it sounds like network TV kind of stuff. But, I mean, The Crow makes up for it with its great character of, of Eric Draven in The Crow, which I feel like... This is a movie that I'm excited that's going to get rebooted. With Obviously, Momoa was attached to it for a while, Jason Momoa. And it almost happened with him the last five or six years. Fell through, but now Bill Skarsgård, who obviously we know from playing Pennywise and It, 
he's now attached to be the crow in a reboot. And I think this is a movie that I have no problem with being rebooted and remade because I think that you can do something really cool with it. And this has a cult following. It's aged really well for those cult audiences. 7.5 on IMDb is no joke. You know, that's a legit score. And I enjoyed this movie a lot. It's great to watch around Halloween because it most of the movie takes place on Halloween and Hallow's Eve and Devil's Night. And it's kind of this mix of The Purge where this part of the city, every Hallow's Eve, every Devil's Night, everyone's just in chaos and crimes and burning the that city down. That must be where they got the idea from. Probably. Yeah. But the aesthetic is excellent. I mean, I was watching this. I'm, I couldn't stop thinking of the Batman and the aesthetic that Matt Reeves went. Obviously, he had many other influences like Zodiac. But the, you can clearly see an influence of The Crow on his Gotham as well. Holy shit, I just put Zodiac and Batman together. Yeah, we talked about that. Did in, we? Yeah. I don't know why. I just Remember Riddler's <laughs> based off of the Zodiac Killer. Yeah, well, no, yeah, that, I never connected the filmmaking and the cinematography to the Batman. Oh, dude, yeah, they're Holy super connected. Holy shit, you're so right. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's just, it has the same feeling. Yeah, but The Crow kind of feels like it takes place in Gotham. Uh-huh. Not just in uh, Matt Reeves' Batman, but even like the Tim Burton Gothams. So I, I love that tone and there's a lot of great elements to this movie, but some of it gets a little too repetitive, like the crow vision, like we're with this crow like 17 times with zooming through the city. I'm like, all right, we get it. The crow, he flies. But they, it, were, they were just putting in some filler scenes because they couldn't film with him anymore. Yeah, and, and the editing in the first half can give you a headache. It's edited and made like a 90s grunge rock video, music video, and the soundtrack is gothic rock, like uh-huh. indie rock, like Soundgarden kind of stuff. It's it's so nostalgic. I've, but dated. Yeah, some yeah. of it's a little dated, some of yeah. it works. And But overall, everything's there to make and cook a, an incredible movie and a legendary movie. Not quite there. It's it's almost it's almost at that point. They leave it in the oven too much, too long. A little bit undercooked. Yeah, undercooked it's a little yeah. undercooked. It's bland. It's, it's fucking bland. What are you, an idiot sandwich? <laughs> Get out of my kitchen. <laughs> idiot sandwich. Get the fuck out of my kitchen. <laughs> idiot sandwich. It's a Gordon Ramsay impression. <laughs> Does he say idiot sandwich? Fuck yeah. There's a there's a scene in Hell's Kitchen where he takes he takes two buns <laughs> and he puts them on either side of someone's head and he goes, "What are you?" An idiot sandwich. <laughs> I'm not saying that this movie's an idiot sandwich. This movie's just. I'm saying it's almost great. It's all. It's. It could be there, uh-huh. but it's just. It's being held back. Um, Alex Proyas is a really cool director, though. He made Dark City. That's his best film. So if you if you haven't seen any of his films, that I, rec- I recommend watching Dark City. And I still recommend watching The Crow. The Crow. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. It's Crow's still good a good too. movie. Yeah. It is. It's just not quite. It's not quite like... Let's see, who's directing the new one? He made iRobot, too. Oh, okay. Rupert Sanders is making it. He's He made Ghost in the Shell and uh, Huntsman, the, uh, the Snow White sequel, Huntsman. Proyas also made Knowing, though. Knowing's that Nick Cage yeah, movie where yeah. he's... Pre- he's he, prescient, some of his movies suck. That's Where the he's thing. prescient. Yeah. And it's not a great film. Like, and, uh, the so, ending of No. That's the one with Jessica Biel, right? Knowing? Yes. Nicholas Cage and no, it's Rose Byrne. This one. Oh shit! He's in two movies. He's in another movie with Jessica Biel, where it's kind of a similar concept. Where Drive he, Angry was and Amber Heard, and that what was the Jessica Biel one? Where Payback or something? Nicholas no. Cage, Jessica Biel movie. Next, next, yes, same fucking th- yeah, similar concept. 
He's like, wait, is this the same movie? So in next, he can see into the future. And then knowing he's, he can see the apocalypse coming or something. He knows that the world's going to end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. It was, yeah, something's buried in a time capsule. Yeah. A coded message about a decade, about a disaster, yeah. All right, so anyways, so hit or miss director, but it's a cool movie. I like The Crow, but it could be so much more. Ah! It could. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the new film. I like uh, Bill, Bill Skarsgård a lot. He's a, he's a cool guy. He's a cool dude. What's your final film? My final film is Pearl, which is all, also part of our Horror Hotties episode next week. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm not staying on this farm. I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> I gave it uh, four and a half stars, and I wrote Mia Goth Supremacy. This is my second time seeing the film. I watched it in theaters when it came out. Um, I love this film. I think it's Ty West's best movie. I think that it's, I thought it was the best horror film of 2022, number one. And for me, it wasn't even close, honestly, because this one was more than just a horror movie. It was like a magical, fantastical horror movie. That's bold. 2022 was an awesome year for horror, man. Pearl's number one. But you said no competition. No competition. I mean, I Smile, Nope, Black uh-huh. Phone. Uh-huh. Yeah, no competition. <laughs> Pearl's, Pearl's number one, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I told you, I'm not a big fan of Smile. I think it was cool, but that screenplay was kind of whack. You're kind of whack. <laughs> How dare you? I'm acting like I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? You're like Smile's number one defender, honestly. I like that movie a lot. Anyways, continue. Um, but a combination of the incredible performance from Mia Goth, as well as the filmmaking and the very unique classical tone of old Hollywood, it just created this fusion of a horror film that we'd never seen before. And all around, from the acting to the gore to the violence to the scares, uh, the music, the lighting, I mean, everything about it, the pr- the approach... And it's super funny. I find it to be hysterical. Um, I really love it. It's it's a nearly... I think it's the best horror film. I don't think I've seen a horror film on the top it since it came out. I can agree with that because... I mean, 2023 hasn't been a terrific year for horror. No, it's been pretty good. It's been, you know, lukewarm, I guess. But there, there were so many that came out last year. That's the thing. There was kind of an... Last year was overstuffed. There's an influx. It was an overstuffed year of horror in a great way last year. Yeah, well, I think there are a lot of horror movies came out this year and will be coming out. A lot of them were streaming releases. There weren't that many theatrical, but still, uh, Pearl's the best horror film I've seen since it, since its release. Cool, including this year. Yeah, I can't wait for everyone to hear our episode on Pearl, Jennifer's Body, and Ready or Not. 
which drops on Wednesday next week. So oh, yeah. that was a lot of fun to talk about. We broke down each film for about 25, 30 minutes apiece. And that's the end of our week of watching movies, right? That's it. That's it. That's our, the end of our Letterboxd recap. But also, I mean, I also watched Midnight Ruin. Yeah, I watched Midnight yeah, Ruin, too. The other night. I gave it five stars, but I'm biased. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I'm biased because I produced it, so. Yeah, but you're, you, you got to get I put the word out I there. put that in my review, though. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you write? I, I, I'm biased because I produced it, but it still slaps. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> but again, yeah, we're asking everybody, if you'd like to watch our film, it will be available starting Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time on our YouTube channel. We're going to have links for everything. Cookies. Cookies. <laughs> Cupcakes. <laughs> but there's also... No cookies, I'm sorry. <laughs> there would be a lot of cookies. There's an IMDb page, and there's also a Letterboxd page. So if you'd like to leave us a rating on both IMDb and Letterboxd, that would be amazing. And even if you'd like to leave a review, that would be so fantastic. We would really appreciate that. And we really hope you watch the film and enjoy it. It's only 18 minutes. It's a quick watch, and yeah. we think you'd like it. And thanks for the support, everybody, who yeah. helped us on this journey to make this film. And finally, you get to see it. We promised in 2023 you'd see it at some point this year. Yeah. And finally. we were like, fuck it. Let's release it. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into our Letterbox Recap this week. Again, episodes Wednesday, this two days ago, we did an episode on Blade Runner 2049. You don't want to have missed that one. Best one in a while, honestly. It's a banger. And then uh, next week on Monday, we're doing an episode on The Marauders. We created our own Hogwarts fan fiction. We made about three seasons of outline television of a series we would make if we got to make The Marauders for Warner Brothers. It was good. We did total fan fiction. It was yeah, I great. Mean, it's, a, it's a sick show. There's a lot to, to, to explore with those characters. So it's The Marauders as well as Lily Evans and Snape as the main characters. And Voldemort's in there as well. So I actually had a great time doing that. Yeah, you we wrote it. We wrote such great outlines for two seasons of three seasons of television. Yeah. That I was like, I want to watch this now. Voldemort is in season one. It's when he goes to ask for the Defense Against the Dark Arts job. Man. Season one, 19 71 he's at hogwarts so, so good season one of that show would be it'd be the most watched show of all time Fuck so yeah. warner brothers give us a budget that'd be super cool we gave you guys the blueprint yeah now just give us the keys to the <laughs> just watch them make our show <laughs> for real <laughs> oh my god i would sue them and then wednesday is our horror hotties episode with pearl jennifer's body and ready or not thank you so much for your support it means the world to us. Sharing us is the best way to grow the show as well as leaving those five-star ratings on Spotify and Apple and become a patron today at patreon.com slash Raiders of the Lost Podcast. Take care, everybody. See you next time. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.